Hello and welcome to another exciting episode of Token Podcast. I'm your host and sometimes referee, Zach's that neighborhood friendly Pearson. And today I'm joined by he who is many angled and has explored many sides, except on women, a one Tetrine. Tetrine, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? I feel like there's a slight misconception as I have in fact explored women, having said that I am married to a man, so that time has passed. And that was why I thought you were bisexual for a solid week. Also <laughs> rejoining us, he who shall not be named because he chose an alphanumeric code. He is the TM3. A little to be is known about me. I like it that way. I just like that his avatar character on screen looks like he's taking off a mask because he's hiding from somebody. Yes. Now you're getting it. And of course... The one who's been tossed many a coin, who's been missing for many a day, to be fair, he's in Alaska, a one Witch King. Hey, everybody, it's good to be back here in whatever the shenanigans bring. Mm. <laughs> yeah, that's a nice way of putting it. Oh, I see you finally discovered FBB. Good for you. Um, What's that? Oh, so many things I have to show you. And of course, we're joined by the long absent for no given reason, and I didn't ask a one officer. Hey, hey, good to be back. And you sound muffled. I'm going to boost your volume. Wow, you've been going so long, your volume somehow went back to default. Never seen that happen. Okay, putting you back at 130. And of course, we have one of our more rare members today. Uh, enjoy it because it's a very uncommon occurrence. We have Tech Wizard himself, king of many things on the keyboard, Shy Dubs. <laughs> I don't know about keyboard and Tech Wizard, but yeah, thanks for having me again. You have the fattest check here. Take the goddamn compliment, bastard. All right, so our topics are going to be very unique. Um, some of these we have glossed over but so much time has passed since we first started this podcast some fucking what five six years ago yes it's been that long um some of these things have actually come into existence control your add so uh even though we've glossed over marvel tv shows we've glossed over artificial intelligence we've glossed over sequels reboots and remakes things have changed as does many a thing in life and here comes a new challenger right before we start and right on time. Go look at the topics if you need to. We are joined by a wild diabetic, Haven. Como estas? The topics are both in the announcement section and they are in your inbox. All right. So number one, artificial intelligent card game deck builders are virtually undetectable in online play and can even be used to build decks with upwards of a 90% win probability. Is there a way for companies to defend against this system online since it can ruin an online community? Number two, getting on the low key, new season. What do you want to happen? Who do you want to see in it? New or old characters? And lastly, sequels versus reboots versus remakes. I feel like we probably should have asked a long time ago, but what are your preferences and why do you think the others are terrible? And for the 
And just so we're clear, I don't mean people who disagree with you. I mean a sequel, reboot, remake, whatever you prefer. What is the other thing that you think is, you know, hot booty garbage? And for the I don't have a media restriction on sequels, reboots, and remakes, just let me know if you're referring to video games or different forms of medias, sequels, reboots, and remakes. Now, because you're the one with your pants down, Tetrine, you will be answering all of these questions first because you'll probably take the longest. <laughs> okay, should I just yes. dive right in? Yes, that's how it works. Okay, well, thank you. It's my first time. Um, in regards to AI card game deck builders, I have a reasonable amount of experience with a couple of different card games, deck building card games specifically, and... In my personal experience, I don't engage with the wider community or the competitive community in those card games. When using something like a deck builder for online play or just for randomized play, from my perspective, if you're using something that has you know a higher win probability or whatever we're gonna call the meta, um, it probably is a reasonable rubric to use, but if it is affecting a game in a way that there is a strict meta that is going to beat everything else, then I think that the reality of it is that we have to, you know, put additional limitations or rules on certain types of decks if there is going to be a competitive arena for it to avoid a circumstance where that would cause a 90% win probability. Uh, I guess the only alternative to that would be screening people in advance, but I don't think that there's really anything you can do about the preparedness or intellectual property of somebody, whether they're using a guide, artificial intelligence, or anything like that, moving into a deck building game. Um, but again, I think that having a number of criteria in a competitive environment would probably be the most helpful way to defend against that system. Interesting. All right, so let us know how you feel about the topics. Uh, you can go from one, two, three, honeybee. Okay, so as for AI uh, card game deck builders, I really don't have much input on that, really. Um, not really my scene. And I have absolutely no idea where you would like, how you would defend against that. That's really interesting. Um, as for the Loki new season, uh, I didn't even see the first season, um, but I think it would be really cool if Loki, uh, turned into a horse and, uh, gave birth, just like in the myth. I think that'd be awesome. You know, you're not the first person to bring <laughs> that up. Also, I kind of uh -huh. brought it up too. Loki did seduce a horse at one point. But wow. he was okay. a horse seducing a horse, not a man seducing yep. a horse. You know what, Loki, you do you, man. I don't You're even weird. know if you can consider Loki a bisexual <laughs> or not, because technically he's he would he's bi species. I, I I feel like he'd probably be more he would lean more uh, pansexual. I think I think that's Probably it. 
I, I really wish. I but if you're that. if you're also into other species, man, I have no idea what. See, Loki. he's see, just Loki. This shit's a headache. At least with yeah. Mystique, you the Mystique understand... rules beyond our comprehension, bro. At least with Mystique, you can understand Mystique. She is a human. She is a bisexual human. She's technically married to a woman, but she has sex with men. She is technically bisexual. I get that. She's she incredibly attractive is what she is. What'd you say? She's incredibly attractive is what she is. Probably shouldn't tell you about the Mystique book I got then. Anyways, Ooh. um, so here's what you essentially missed, because I'm not about to spoil this. I know you got <laughs> fucking Disney Plus, but... Um, there is an agency that polices uh, time and space glitches and irregularities. Loki being alive is one of those. The entire show is about that organization and Loki's effect on it and how him being there and finding out the things that he does affects time and space. Essentially, Loki is helping to accidentally or purposely rewrite time and space. But not as a villain in his favor. Okay, so he's a problem even when he's the hero of the story, is what you're saying. Yes. That tracks. That tracks. It's also hilariously funny. But it knows how to be serious. It's essentially Avengers, the first one. It was funny, but it knew when to be serious. Okay, that's actually really difficult to pull off. Yes. Um, like being yeah. able to find that balance. So I think I'll check it out. I have time. Yeah. Um, also, uh, if you watched Ant-Man, the first and second trailer sequences only make sense. I mean, uh, uh, post-credit scenes only make sense if you've seen Loki. Giving you an offer, okay? Speaking of Trigun, I think I think the next question was about re uh, re remotes and like remakes, right? Actually, yeah, I did want to make it more leaning towards Trigun, but I decided to make it more, you know, general purpose. I have so many opinions on this. Cool, let's hear them. And they are all probably not what you expect because I actually rather enjoy remakes and reboots of some I older feel series. Like I don't know what to expect. Because as much pop culture as we both collectively enjoy, I don't actually have an opinion on a, a, a firm opinion on sequels, reboots, and remakes. Once you hear the full video, it'll basically you'll basically learn that my opinion is it really depends on the type of media. But go ahead, give that's us fair. So I actually really enjoy a fresh take on an old property. Um, I'm a big, big fan of the new Trigun series. I think it, 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 it looks weird, but I think they do the characters justice, the characters that they do have. My only gripe is that Millie isn't there, but whatever, you know, fine. I think the action's great. I'm really glad that Johnny Young Bosch um, reprised his role because you can definitely tell that he is a very experienced voice actor versus when he started, which like that was his first anime role. Um, I really enjoy that. I was a big, big fan of the Final Fantasy VII remake. Huge fan of that. I love that it was different. I love that it was unexpected. I loved that it showed us sides of these characters that we just could not see in the original. Um, and I love that like the remakes give a newer generation of K 
kids, you know, kids who were, you know, who are now our age or um, kids who were like the age that we watched these shows as originally. Um, and they get to enjoy it in a fresh, new, updated way. And a lot of the kids that are watching these remakes are like, huh, I wonder what the original is like. And at least this way, you know, it generates interest in these characters, in these stories that we enjoyed, instead of letting it just kind of fall by the wayside and become just another obscure old show, you know? There. That's how JoJo happened. Oh my God, JoJo! I thought no, just because it's the original author doing it. Sorry, what'd you mm. say? I said JoJo is a unique situation because, unlike most remakes and reboots, it's the original author doing it. That's true. That's true. Rocky is very, very involved. Um. It's his baby there, his magnolpus. <clears throat> it is his baby. <laughs> As it should be. It's a delight. But I mean, like, duh. like even something with like Jojo, like I've, no one would be into Jojo right now. Guaranteed if they didn't like. Didn't have the newer version. Either. Didn't have the newer version. Didn't have the show. Like people would like walk by it on like manga shelves and be like Jojo. What the fuck is that like this little british boy okay he's so skinny in the other <laughs> there <was> no... <laughs> um i love that the show actually follows um araki's like updated art style as he grew as an artist too because the characters look different from season to season like wildly yeah they just keep on shrinking bro their muscles <laughs> <laughs> um, it, honestly, I think a lot of it is like Araki was taking way more, you know, inspiration from art, from fashion, from like models. So that kind of translated into yeah, his he art He a style. lot of pop cultures with his uh, stains yeah. and references. It was very cool to like dissect whatever he put in there. Yeah. So I mean, like, you know, even, even like with something like JoJo, I don't think remakes, reimaginings, reboots are a bad thing at all. And you can still enjoy the original all you want. There is nothing saying like, oh, this reboot is going to um, completely eradicate the original. You will never be able to find it again. You'll never be able to watch it again. It might overshine it, but nah. Yeah, yeah. I, I think the only thing that's going to like happen is like you go to an anime convention and you're going to see more cosplayers of the newer version than the older version. But I still see, I still see original Vashes walking around. Tall hair. It, it, the, the, the tall hair. The pineapple head, bro. <laughs> the spiky hair. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, I think, I think all in all, it is a good thing. It does not spoil anything at all. Keeps the memory alive. Yeah, it, it, it does. It keeps the memory alive. And again, I've I've had I've, I've talked to younger people who are like, well, now that I like this thing, I need to see what the original is like. And I think that's amazing because otherwise they would have zero interest. So <clears throat> you prefer uh, remakes over sequels and reboots is what you're saying? I think sequels have their place. I don't. 
I feel like, okay, if it, if it was like something like Cowboy Bebop, I would be like, mm, maybe a sequel we don't really need because it wrapped up pretty well. But like a continuation in the universe would be awesome. Um, and we did kind of get that with um, Carolyn Tuesday. That's the same universe as um, Cowboy Bebop. And I think, I think, um, oh God, what was that other show? Do you know which one I'm talking about? Space Dandy. Space Dandy is also in the same universe. What? So I think, You're I think, fucking with me. No. No, I'm not. I'm not. It's the same universe. Yeah. Listen, you don't understand. And well, <laughs> Honey's going to find this fucking hilarious, but I was, I wanted to curl into a ball and fucking die. Let me tell you how what? hardcore in love with Cowboy Bebop or the concept of Cowboy Bebop I was. Before I knew the name of any school that taught game design, and game-related anything, anything, I decided I wanted to make a game that felt like a mix of Cowboy Bebop and Trigun. And they don't necessarily even have to kill people. They could just fuck with robots if they really wanted to. Then someone told me about Blade Runner, and so I was like, oh, it's coming full circle. I am now in entrenched in the world of sci-fi, but not, you know, hyper-obsessive Star Wars or hyper-obsessive Star Trek. The cyberpunk, and and the problem with cyberpunk was, I didn't like the idea of characters making themselves look like hideous fucking mutilated action figures for a singular advantage. And look what I found out about later: Ghost in the Shell, when they still look like humans, but still had the same abilities and functions essentially as you know, uh, cyberpunk. And also, Ghost in the Shell was inspired by cyberpunk. Or the concept of cyberpunk. Because people keep forgetting there's cyberpunk, the genre. And there's cyberpunk, the actual game. Um, what is it? The, the actual D&D style game. They're separate. Okay. I'm going to go next. All right. So for me, or rather in my case. I think there should be some form of a I guess how to phrase this there should be some form of a background check not on the person but on their stat sheet and until the person can verify through some secondary means created by the company based on how their game works they should be removed from any form of a ranking system leaderboard and also uh, tournament play on and offline because here's the thing an online version of a game may not require paper cards, but if you got a 93% win ratio because you paid five bucks for an AI, who's to say you can't take those cards physically, purchase them immediately, and then go take over the world, win a couple hundred thousand dollar tournaments or some shit like that. These companies need to factor in, for lack of a better term, I don't know if the exact terminology for it, but I would basically say a counter AI. An AI whose job it is to sniff out if you sus. I think that would be simultaneously hilarious, but also sorely needed. Because you got to understand, we're in the beginning of commercially available AI technology. Right? The beginning of it. Now think about what's going to happen or how things could play out 15, 20 years down the line when the AI has had time to evolve frightening 
we were worrying about catfishing in 2022-2023. Well, imagine what that's going to be like in 15 years. Your catfish is going to have her own voice. You're going to give her money. Someone's going to program her to basically have a parasocial relationship with you. And even if you only give it money once, ever, once, what if someone takes that same AI and uses it on 30 or 40,000 innocent young people who don't know no better or old people who think they're talking to a relative? We already have people manually doing this. Imagine if an AI learns to do this shit. How hard it's going to be to catch somebody. This fucking terrifies me. But that's all I can think of. An AI to combat an AI. Which is kind of ironic. It's almost like mutually assured artificial intelligent destruction. But that's okay. I'll take their destruction over humanity's destruction. Alright. Shy Dubs, you with your unique software background, why don't you give us your two cents? Actually, what you mentioned uh, at the end of that is... Uh, read a headline i didn't read the article there's like an ai out there that can detect uh chat B- chat gbt at least like any articles as written by chat gbt oh thank can... god that that literally makes me feel so much better you have no idea <laughs> like but i feel like honestly um the only way to truly make sure that ai isn't used to cheat in anything like card like like, like deck builders or you know even at school It'll have to like come down to regulation, in my opinion, because um, outside of, you know, just hackers that can build their own stuff. When we have like companies such as Google or Microsoft building stuff that isn't detectable, then that's a problem. So like at least when it comes to these billion dollar corporations, there should be some regulation that it's like almost a disclaimer, almost a disclaimer, almost like a watermark that uh, is put onto anything that the AI produces that says oh this is ai you know something like that I feel like that's the only way to truly make sure that it's kept in check um outside of that with the way the technology is that's going to be tough i still thank you for giving me some optimism and i genuinely mean that no sarcasm all right haven let us have it hey. Haven, did you forget you're on mute? I feel like he went to go get food. Officer, go right ahead. Okay. One sec. What the? I give it to the people paying attention, and the first thing he says is one sec. That's kind of ironic, not going to lie. I did not want to talk while chewing. Fair. As that would be quite rude. <laughs> now, uh, with regard to possibly counteracting these AI, maybe in a more formalized tournament uh, sort of setup, maybe they can put in a sort of authentication that requires user input, like, you know, a CAPTCHA or a at, you know, uh, sending this code to an email or something, and then you, you know, enter the code you like. But other than that, I can't really think of many ways to counteract uh, a AIs being 
seeing possible rampant use in these various uh, deck building games and the like, or possibly even games beyond just that, because, I mean, honestly, this sort of topic can expand beyond just, you know, the whole uh, deck building or card-based games. I wholeheartedly agree. However, we're keeping it to AI decks because they're already out and we would be here all day if we did the whole world AI. True that. But uh, some form of authentication, be it a CAPTCHA or a, you know, have to enter a code that is sent to an email would possibly be a way. Or even, you know, a code sent to your phone or something would be a way to do something. You back, Haven? Yeah, you messaged me while I was taking groceries. You probably should have texted that because we literally called you off. Um, all right, well, since you're here now and the officer finished up, go ahead and uh, give us your statement on uh, topic number one. So the whole card game thing, it really doesn't bug me because... Uh, I play Magic, I play Yu-Gi-Oh, you know, I play all those little bitty fun card games online. And a lot of uh, the time, it's, you see a lot of meta decks, but I run into a few decks that I haven't seen that's just like quirky and like, how did you come up with that? But if you get a bunch of people that are making uh, card, game, uh, card decks for the AI, you have a 90% win rate. Now you, now you got a bunch of people with 90% wins decks, and it kind of just balances itself out. But there are so many uh, different cards in, in a card game where literally I have like a deck in Magic that has three cards. And if I draw one of the cards on my first turn, 90% of the time I win. 90% of the time. And I didn't use an AI to build that. So there are so many different like variations and stipulations that come with the the card games that however you want to try to win, if it's skill based, if you cheat, it's whatever to me, because I get I get enjoyment out of playing the game and I'm not really trying to win. I'm trying to cause as much misery as fucking possible. And that goes for any, like, competitive game. I'm not there to win the game. I'm there to make the game as visually and fucking frustrating as possible. Like, I just started playing uh, chess, whatever, that chess game that race you, and I just play to fucking annoy the guy. I don't even go after their, uh, their king. I go after all their other pieces. Okay, so, <laughs> I'm not here. You're not trapped in here. Yeah, that whole spiel. <laughs> so, people like, Haha, I'm going to check you in three moves. I was like, well, I'm going to take all of your pieces in three moves, except for your king. So, have fun with that. Yeah. So, yeah, AI in general, I would say we need some restrictions on it because I already go in Call of Duty and people are just like fucking game bot and fucking this that and the other and i'm just like i'm not here for to to win the game because my buddies be like oh we're gonna 
we're going to get this dub. And I'm just like, I'm not here for the dub. I'm here to make this game as miserable as possible for everybody else. So, I don't know. That's just my, like, opinion. Okay, so, barring one person, literally, who does whatever the fuck they want to do without explanation, but technically they can do that. Remind me, since we're all in Project Blue, barring that one person who does whatever the fuck you want to do, it makes no sense to me. To be on Haven's side, not against him in any co-op shit. Someone remind me of that when the time comes. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm gonna find the most quirkiest thing impossible. If they have taunts, I'm gonna sit there and beat your ass and taunt you the entire time. <laughs> yes, I oh. literally think you would try that shit. All right, so for question one, has anybody not gone or did we get everybody? No, I got, I got, I got to send my piece too. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, so, um, so I never played Magic competitively, but I've been playing competitively in a new card game, Flesh and Blood, came out in like the last two, three years. And I've been playing uh, fairly competitively in that, I'm working with people who have, um, professionally done magic or done other professional card games in the past and the experience with that and it kind of thing like an online ai that can make a deck like the first misconception is that 90 percent win rate so no deck in a format that the creators of that game didn't super fuck up is gonna have a 90 percent win rate like even the only way you have 9% miss win rate is if your playgroup is constantly making misplays because you have to, you're relying on luck of draws, you're relying on matchups against people, like what decks are good against each other. Like in the Flesh and Blood I play, certain deck builds are better against other ones and you have like this convoluted game of rock, paper, scissors where this deck's good against this deck, but this good's good against this deck that also beats this other deck. So having a 90% win rate is more than just is not is it's more than just uh the deck building part of it. And I, I see you're mentioning Yu-Gi-Oh! And that that one I can chop up to like maybe in the Yu-Gi-Oh! format because that's like a three-turn format with you know misplays, making the optimal run, and there's not interactiveness to it. And that's why Yu-Gi-Oh, like, I'm going to say it, right? I, I don't think modern-day Yu-Gi-Oh is a good format to play in, honestly. Like, from what it looks like, it just... You can just hear you... the nerds getting salty. I don't care. There's no, not me too. that much interaction. I'm just saying that like, salty. You just dump out your hand in your deck, and whoever gets their board and deck first wins. Like, it, it's just over, and it's three turns, which I'm like, okay, fine, you get done and over with quickly so i can see where the ai would be good at like Yu-Gi-Oh, because you're just doing you're basically running a program to play Yu-Gi-Oh. so if you misplay which a computer is not going to do it's better so Yu-Gi-Oh, i'll take that as the 90 percent it can have win rate but in terms of games like magic flesh and blood where you have a variety of different things and the way the decks pilot and run I think it's a useful tool, an AI that can build decks and then go online and test them and see how well they work against other decks, because that's basically what people are going to do anyways. And the top tier deck builders, brains are basically computers. They're like super, I'm not being this derogatory because I'm autistic too, but like super autistic individuals 
whose brains act like a computer and can just like calculate statistically what every card is, its chance of drawing, how applicable it is in any situation, and mathematically calculate it like a computer are the people who are making the top tier decks right now. So having a computer that can generate those and try out hundreds of different styles of decks and then test them against hundreds of different styles of other decks and to see like how they pan out to see like what are optimal builds for the format and what things do better against each other because i know in flesh and blood and need magic you can make off meta decks you'll have like you know three four five different decks that are like on meta like these are the the best performing decks so well, if you want to win a tournament or do really well in it, you don't build a meta deck and try to play outplay people whose brains work like computers. You make an off-meta deck that does really well against the people that those computers are fighting against. You don't have to go like 20 and 0. You can go 18 and 2 and still win a tournament. So having a deck that a uh, deck AI that can test stuff out for you is useful. And I don't think a competitive community is going to mind that because we rip off each other's decks all the time. Um, for a casual format, though, I honestly have been so long since I played casually anymore. I literally started playing Pokemon card game because it was the closest thing to fun I could have anymore with a card game in a casual setting. That is it's a it's very just competitive. Statement. Like, how do I win? <laughs> um, how do I Pokemon? Pokemon's so much fun. It's it, it's still better than Yu-Gi-Oh. I don't care. Go ahead, flame oh, me, just internet. Go so me much nerd hate that I don't give a shit about, but I still find it kind of funny. I honestly, yeah. I know we don't get comments, which still baffles me. We've made partner, still barely get any comments. But if someone gives salt about you saying Pokemon better than Yu-Gi-Oh, oh man, I'm I am reading all those comments. Um, I think it's better. I'm just saying I have more fun with Pokemon. And no, you literally did say it's better, but and I'm not going to edit it out. Moving on. <laughs> all right, so. First and foremost, before we get too far into this, who hasn't seen the initial season of Loki? Ah, oh, I like that. Everybody here seen the shit. Beautiful. <laughs> Me. But also, that was fine. <clears throat> okay, well, you ain't got shit to say then. Um, nothing personal. Uh, all right, I'm going first this time. Bruh. Bruh. I want to see, and I know this sounds weird. I want to see these time variance mofos. Now that they fuck with the Kangs, I want to see them go into a dimension where we have people who died from the Avengers live and someone else died. So that way we can get just one more scene or some closure involving other characters let's think about it they said that they shot two scenes for who dies in avengers uh in game one for captain america and one for tony and the one for captain was fake that was just a misdirect for the actors so they won't snitch it was always going to be uh uh tony well let's go into a dimension where you know he lived turns out he becomes a superior asshole iron man a version of Iron Man who was literally the definition of an arrogant, rich sociopath who did what the fuck he wanted to do and convinced himself he could do no wrong. Like, his ego got so big from taking out Thanos. Even though Doctor Strange did the heavy lifting, let's real talk. 
that he decided, man, I can just do whatever the fuck I want to. The world loves me. Like, it's basically if Kanye had an Iron Man suit. Right? So, I want to see that. But I also want to see a dimension where the characters start looking like cartoons. Right? Like, they accidentally go into the what-if dimension. But the what-if dimension is animated. Not just looking like how the what if did, maybe one what they look like the comic book. We've already seen Frog Thor for literally four seconds. I'm salty about that shit. Find a dimension where Donald Blake exists. That's what I'm looking for. I want to see the characters who no longer are portraying the characters that they started off as because they're dead or their contract's up. And they could even use this as a way to bring back Coulson. Yeah, that's right. I said it. The name Time Forgot. We could use Loki as a way to not only get back Loki, but also Coulson. For God's sakes, the man grew up on Marvel. What did Kevin Feige say was his biggest regret about Avengers? Killing Coulson. Oh, and She-Hulk. I don't care what she does. Just She-Hulk and Deadpool showing up. I don't care how. Isn't Coulson still alive? No. Different He's got dimension. his own spin-off show. In a different dimension. Moving on. Mm -hmm. Officer. Oh, I already going to me. Eh? Well, uh, thinking on it, I want to see some really, like, fucking crazy dimensions. Like, say, a dimension... Uh, you kind of hit on it, Zach, uh, where, you know, everything's animated. Or maybe, you know, Frog Thor was, that's a good one, but uh, maybe something where, like, I don't know, this might be, a, this, 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 this one might be a little too crazy, but maybe a dimension where there's, everyone is, like, a talking animal, and there's, like, superheroes. Like, utterly ridiculous what-the-fuck things. Because the whole, you know, uh, everything that Loki set up could very well lead to this level of absurdity. Where all these different variants showing up and the like. Or uh, maybe they could use this as a means, yeah, to bring back some characters that were underused... Or possibly maybe use it as a means to kind of early early on before these kind of movies are uh, being planned, like fully planned out and you know, uh, shot and the like, show off some new characters that they don't have yet. Because well, there's still plenty more uh, characters in the grand, you know, multiverse that is marvel that they could introduce though maybe some will just be reserved for only showing up in that show or maybe have a loki serve as a means to create some more uh, spin-off shows show off like what's going on in this particular uh alternate dimension sort of thing but uh yeah, that's about it for what I could think of. Uh, who's next? Tetrine. So, 
there's a couple of things that I'd like to see happen and that I'm I'm kind of predicting based on the surrounding Marvel Cinematic Universe for the new Loki season. Um, the first of which is that we were introduced to America Chavez in the Doctor Strange movie. And given her specific skill set, I think that it would be a huge miss to not bring her into that and make her one of the more central features to it and not so much as a damsel in distress but maybe you know developing a little bit closer into what we've seen from america chavez in the comic franchise uh in regards to loki um you know we've kind of seen him get a little bit less and less stable as it goes along so i think exploring a bit of the uh mentality and the you know the the I guess maybe the best way to describe this would be the the snags in his path to uh, regaining a little bit more sanity would be something really cool to explore on that end. Um, Sylvie, obviously, was a big component of season one. I'd like to see what ended up happening there. And I think that, you know, Zax, you had mentioned using the alternative universes to... Uh, bring around characters who either had passed away or you know were killed off or, or weren't included for whatever reason um i think that it would be a really good opportunity to, to bring in a lot of those little cameos and with the television franchise because it doesn't have the same requirements as a film and it can be easier to negotiate that kind of thing there might be a budget for that especially given the success of the first season so i would love to see things like you were talking about, like a little bit of a traipse into the what if category, or, you know, perhaps again, you know, like Coulson, if Coulson could come back, cause that was a regret for Kevin Feige. And I think that that would be really cool. Um, outside of that, uh, I get the sense that we're not going to resolve the Kang conflict in Loki, but it will probably do a good job of setting up, what will eventually, at least in my personal prediction, be like an A-Force movie or something to that effect. But that's just, that's my well-wishing and that's my personal uh, predictions. So what you're saying is you haven't seen the new Ant-Man movie? Nope. Damn, I wonder whose fault that is. Mm, mine. Damn, I wonder why I specifically just mentioned that and I just saw the movie today. <laughs> Did you see the whole movie though? Fuck you. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> no, no, no. I only missed 10 minutes. Fuck you. You missed the last 10 minutes, did you not? Meaning that you didn't even see the credits, the end credit scenes. Yes, I did. I ran back in. Okay. Both of them. There's two. Here's the creepy part to me. The most disturbing thing that happened in the movie to me was that after the movie started rolling wait, the credits, wait, wait, everybody wait, got wait. up and left. Uh, Are you that's serious? That's Bro, there was maybe 60, 80 people in that theater. Before the first credit ended, there was 30. Second credit, there was six. Yeah, I don't get that. Like a simple Google that tell At you. These people credit. not watched Marvel movies before? <laughs> that's what I'm thinking. It's disturbing. 
I'm not even joking. I was actually disturbed. But yes, Tetrine, you should see the movie. In fact, you and Shadubs should see the movie. And I'm not saying it should be considered a date. I'm just saying I will consider it a date to piss off Shy Dubs. You piss me off with that. So have we not discussed that Tetrine is? He dead? said threaten me with a good time. <laughs> Has that never what? been brought up? What? Because that was the first ten minutes of this whole entire thing. He's gay. I know that. We already know that. That doesn't matter. Like I'm listen, literally... bro. Like people would... listen to my voice and know that I'm gay. I still feel like that's a <laughs> fucked up thing. I don't do that, but that's a fucked up thing. I listen to my voice and I'm like, you know who's gay? That guy. Yes, while you're staring at a mirror, we're aware. Yas, queen, yas. (laughs) Let me just count real quick. One, two, three, four, four straight people. You're outnumbered. (laughs) Oh, we're almost even. We're We're one person short from being a 50 50. Okay, let's. That's okay. Next. I can take on two people at once. <laughs> See, that's a soldier right there. <laughs> you know. Well then. I'm not gonna say it, just because it's too easy. Low hanging fruit. Moving on. Not the only low hanging. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> Hold up. You can't even say shit for number two. Shut the fuck up. All right. Uh, Haven, go. I'm going to be honest with you. I watched Loki. I enjoyed it, but I'm going to, I don't remember what happened in any of it because, you know, I hate you I'm so an, much. I'm an anime person. I watch anime. Fuck you. So, um, moving on. Really who what I'm trying yet? to do. <laughs> Which king did you go? Witcher, did you go? Or did he literally go? To the bathroom. Possibly, but you know, I tell all you mugs, when you go someplace, tell me. Oh, I have to pop out for 20 minutes. He said it at 5.15. Well, maybe he went to go get food. All right, well, he'll answer it when he gets back. Moving on. We technically have a schedule to keep, which is a weird thing to say. Sequels, reboots, and remakes. All right. I'm gonna just say it right now. I'm a, uh, I, I, I want to let Tetrine suffer this, given his unique perspective and business background with media production. But I want to get this off my chest because there's so little I can get off my chest. My tits are flat, and I am not fuzzy on the torso. So, for me, I feel like. They each have their own merits, but Haven hit the mute button. They each have their own merits, but it should be dependent on the media there. So I didn't give a cop out answer. Um, when it comes to cinematography, I don't really like the idea of a reboot per se, because here's the thing. Actors can get old. Writers can get old. Directors can get old. And that magical team that made that magical thing that took over the minds and inspired millions upon millions of people. When the next group get it, they don't necessarily respect it the same way. They just see it as a cash cow. 
you're never gonna know or they could have the best and most noble of intentions and still fuck it up cough cough cowboy bebop cough so when it comes to cinematography remakes and reboots but if i have to hard choose between one of those two i will say a remake for a movie and a reboot for a series a tv series and a sequel only if you can use the original talent and they don't fuck it up like live action cowboy bebop it still keeps me up at night now in the world of video games i hate to say it but damn near every single one of these can be used against us which is how fucked up it is because it's not like we have to factor in the talent pool we have to factor in the corporation's bullshittery yes i know that's not a word but we all know what it means simultaneously if we get a sequel to something are they gonna put gambling gambling mechanics in there and are they gonna market this shit to all age groups and then lie and say it's not gambling while they're gambling if it's a reboot well did it need to be reboot bitch what if we wanted a sequel because we ain't seen this shit in 20 30 years reboots don't really work in the gaming industry like i don't even know per se what would even constitute a reboot by definition for the gaming industry i'm not even joking remakes here's my only issue with this this should technically be the best option but just going back from the last two times we discussed remakes there is no concrete definition for the video gaming industry for the concept of remake let me tell you why a remake in a video game could be the original game but modernized with more efficient controls and better graphics might not even need to change the audio but it can also mean modernizing and doing all the shit that i said and adding new story elements a la final fantasy 7 remake which isn't really a remake it's a time traveling sequel as we've discussed by the way if anyone who's listening to this thinks that's a fucking spoiler i'm not gonna say your your opinion is invalid what i'm going to do is i'm going to formally apologize to you for spoiling something that was never properly explained and i don't try to say that with sarcasm because it's not your fault if you've never played final fantasy 7 and you play final fantasy remake you might think it's a remake at least until you get to like the last maybe two three hours of the game and if you play the original final fantasy 7 you may think that oh this is just extra fluff that's not really all that important they just wanted to make sure they added extra gameplay time because well it's only a fragment of a of an entire series that couldn't fit on one fucking disc anyway which is ironic because that's how it was back in the old days. Final Fantasy VII was three disc and it might be three disc again. But it's a time travel story. But now they've added extra elements of things we can't even explain. I won't go into detail about it, but it's someone who should be dead that isn't dead. And just leave it at that. So that really leaves the world of, I guess, cartoons no no that still gets covered so yeah i guess that's pretty much it for me i think depending on the medium type i'll say books are the best 
for all categories with the exception of remake no one remakes a book no one reboots a book you revive a series that already exists and essentially you're giving it a sequel so for books i'll say it's sequel sequels because if someone truly loves the material and they do a good job continuing it or paying somebody to continue it who loves it then they've done what so few in hollywood in the gaming world can actually do more consistently um i can't remember what uh, i think uh yeah it's um fuck sherlock holmes original author pretty much tried to kill the character off then he got annoyed into bringing him back then he died and people in his family and out of his family once he got out of public domain have been making really good books about him same with the three musketeers so it's obviously easy to do a remake or a sequel in book format and have it be successful which is strange because technically books is some of the longest media that we have before uh, video games happened because the speed you finish it is based on the speed that you read versus the speed that you comprehend it's a very unique situation for them to be in your turn Tetrine okay so I guess in the the comparison of my personal preferences for sequels versus reboots versus remakes, um, it really depends on the source media. And there was actually a television show that came out last year called Reboot that starred uh, Keegan-Michael Key, Rachel Bloom, uh, Johnny Knoxville, and Judy Greer, and a couple of other people literally surrounding this topic. Um, unfortunately, it wasn't renewed for a second season, but it did a really good job of kind of exploring the topic in a way that both felt like comfort food for somebody watching something and having that nostalgia, and then also like the struggles that you come up with in continuing a story as a reboot. So that's... Um, you know, if, if anybody listening is interested in that, go ahead and check that out. I think that it's still available on Hulu. Might be on Amazon Prime. Again, I know that it wasn't renewed for a second season, uh, but that is uh, that's certainly something to look into for a lot more detail. For remakes, I know that you already touched on Final Fantasy VII. One of the things that I come or that comes to my mind is actually Final Fantasy VIII, um, and the reason that. I consider that a remake rather than a remaster is because most of the source code was lost when they were attempting to, um, you know, revitalize that and bring it onto things like, you know, the newest versions of the consoles and everything um, along with the other games in the franchise. So they did have to essentially work from scratch to reproduce that. And I think that of at least the Square Enix franchise, Final Fantasy, of all of the titles that they have now remastered, or as they're calling it remastered, this is the most honest version of a remake because it doesn't really add anything. They literally had to work the entire time to recreate what actually existed before so that it continued to align with everything else. And so within that scope, I think that that's a really good version of a remake is that, hey, you know, we did make it a little bit easier to control, like you were saying, Zach's. We did make it a little bit smoother flowing um, and we had to use more updated technology because again, the original source code was lost in that scenario. For other things, when you go through and you have a remake of it, 
you're always going to have differences and there is a part of the target audience that isn't going to like that because they might have been attached to one thing or the other. But then there's people like myself who really enjoy additional perspective or additional world building or, uh, you know, possibly now that voice acting is a big part of video games or, you know, any kind of media like that, you might get a slightly different take than you had the first time that you went through it. And again, that is for that target audience of people who have already played it. Um, when I think about remakes like the anime Sword Art Online, in the past couple of years, we've started to get the Sword Art Online Progressive series, which is the original Sword Art Online story, but primarily told and viewed from Asuna's perspective rather than Kirito's. A lot of people didn't like that because in the original story, when we're seeing everything from Kirito's perspective, we see the sweet sides of Asuna when she's alone with him, and then we also see the very serious and the very strong sides of Asuna when she's in battle. Having a more fleshed out story from her own perspective allows that space to kind of explore her inner monologue, her feelings, her other relationships. And a lot of people who really valued that character based on the strengths that she was able to portray saw that as a diminishing kind of uh, factor when it came into watching these new films. Now, I personally love them. Um, I eat that kind of material up. So I, I do enjoy that alternative perspective. So I guess in that sense, it would kind of be considered a little bit of a reboot. It's definitely not a sequel because we're covering material we've already covered. Um, and so that's, I don't know, it, it, it's neither here nor there, but I do enjoy additional perspective and world building. And even if it challenges kind of my original thoughts on something, which leads me into sequels. Sequels are excellent. I love a good sequel. I used the term comfort food before, and I think that that's a really good perspective to have when you think about things that have taken a really long time to get a sequel. A really good example of that would be Hocus Pocus 2. That came out, I think, either you know last year or the year before, and it's not going to hold a candle, pun intended, uh, to the original source material. And it's not going to be a great story, but it is going to be very comfortable to watch if you liked the original piece. Fun fact. If you... I cannot believe how many people thought I was lying when I said that the white girl from, you know, Hocus Pocus was Sarah Jessica Parker. Holy shit. Yeah. Yes, she is Sarah Jessica Parker. Also, I think the three witches are all white. In fact, I think most of the people are... That, that movie's white as hell. The one that qualifies as a young white girl and is a witch is Sarah Jessica Parker. The rest of them were grown. I guess that's true. Uh, fun fact about Sarah Jessica Parker, she got her start in the acting business as the second Annie in the musical Annie on Broadway because the first Annie got too tall for the role. I, think I digress. Fun fact only you know. for you. Yeah, that's, that's that gay shit. Um, Your words, not mine. Don't love me with you. Don't love <laughs> that. I'm sorry, that theater gay shit? There you go. There you go. <laughs> Nailed it. In any case, um, you know, so you have sequels kind of to that perspective. Um, in the gaming franchise, when you have um, 
you know, you have sequels. There's a couple of different games that have done really well with it, like Xbox's Fable franchise, which kind of goes through different generations of people, continues the same story, and they are linked together. Um, you get really, uh, you know, toss-up versions. Again, going back to like the Square Enix franchise, where you have the uh, like Final Fantasy IV, and then Final Fantasy IV: The After Years, in which you're playing as you know the direct descendant of your original protagonist, and you still get to interact and play as all of the original characters, so long as you purchase all of the downloadable content for like seventy dollars, in addition to the base game, mind you. What did I tell uh, you? What did I tell you? Sometimes a sequel is a terrible thing in the gaming industry because they don't want to make a sequel. They want to make a new way for you to pay for old shit. You know, in good news, I did recently read a report that the uh, president of Square Enix has uh, agreed to step down. And so they'll good, no longer he be was going terrible. in the direction. He was that whole like NFT blockchain focused thing and selling off Crystal Dynamics. Anyway, I could go on forever, but the Bro, point is, what is if that Yoshi P becomes the head of the fucking company? I don't want him to do that. I want him to focus on the games that he's working on because he's doing really good. Some people yeah. are excellent and they belong where they are, and we love them for it. I'm legit about just, to Google that. Just pay I want him. you to be right. Uh, I believe it's a guy named Kiryu who's taking over. Uh, if my understanding was correctly, I think that that's accurate. And thank you for that. I, if my understanding is correct, that uh, the new person who will be in charge has a long history in um, metaverse style, augmented Takashi reality, Kiyu. virtual reality stuff. Takashi and so Kiyu I have high hopes. Over. Praise white Jesus. Oh, they finally kicking that dumb motherfucker out. Let's recap. Yeah. Every single time they put somebody in charge who doesn't give a fuck about anything other than money, they fuck up and they act like it's a good idea to keep them until they're no longer useful. When they were never useful. Yoichiwara, literally the guy who put the company in the red and kept it there, resigned. Only after fucking they lost Nobuo Uematsu, technically. Technically, I say that. He still works as an independent contractor. And this asshole... He couldn't make a good ass game to save his life because he's always trying to rush the shit and then he wants to do fucking NFT shit and then he didn't even double down on it. He quadrupled down on it. As there are no double negatives, so too is there no quadrupling down on stupidity. But he tried. And With I'm kind of glad he did NFT. because that basically accelerated him being told, hey man, you need to get the fuck out that seat. <laughs> I'm told I'm sorry, the I just really CEO actually stepped in to try and you know uh hold the sh uh, fend the uh, shareholders off from voting to remove him but uh, as we can see that ultimately only delayed things interesting yes, he got that i do I'm love okay drama <laughs> anywho to, to wrap up what i was talking about um Sequels, you know, they, they can be excellent um, depending on your attachment to the source material and the continuation of the story. Obviously, there's a lot to talk about in the Square Enix world. I'm going to pop over to Disney and give one absolutely horrific example. So as somebody who grew Kathleen up Kennedy. enjoying Disney's Cinderella, which is, you know, Disney princess movie, whatever, um, 
thoroughly enjoyed that. And it has two sequels. The first sequel basically explains her getting adjusted and acclimated to royal life and one of her wicked stepsisters finding love in somebody who's otherwise considered a little bit perverse, I guess we'll call it, poverty-stricken. Um, they're like the town baker and they're, you know, the stepmother doesn't approve, whatever. Anyway, she's happy. The third movie in the sequel of Cinderella is called A Twist in Time and it ruins everything. And they, oh, they God, ruin it. They, yeah, so they, they ruin everything because the wicked stepmother gets the fairy godmother's wand, turns back time, makes it so that the shoe magically fits one of her daughters, and Cinderella has to then interrupt or basically make her way to the royal wedding where the prince actually does recognize her and is like, oh, wait a minute. Like, it, it had nothing to do with the shoe. Like, yeah, it was you. Anyways, uh, all of these things happen. And at the end of it, this fairy godmother gets her wand back and is like, do you want me to change things back to the way they were? And Cinderella says, no, I'm happy. I still have what I want. But that null and voids the entire Cinderella story that we're actually accustomed to, and thus, in my opinion, ruins it. In that situation, the sequel is terrible. Like, if you're going to continue the story and you're going to include time travel, do an okay job. Don't don't ruin everything, please. I, those are just my opinions. In any case, I digress, and I can pass off to somebody else. Of all the references that any of us could have possibly brought up, never in a million years that I think any motherfucker in here was going to mention Cinderella. Your turn, Witch King. Okay, so Witch King has officially left the building. Or jumped off it. Who hasn't gone? Uh, I haven't gone. Uh, okay, you two. Alright, you two haven't gone. Haven, you go first, then officer, close up shop. Alright. Sequels and reboots and remakes. They all have their merits because I'm a generic fuck. But... I prefer reboots for movies, uh, especially if they're really old and I haven't seen them in a long time. So I can go back and like, oh, they're make, redoing the, was it, uh, the Magnificent Seven. So I'll go back and watch the original and then I'll watch the reboot. And then I'll be like, oh, well, that's not as good as I remember it being. <laughs> And then, you know, I have that whole debate with myself because, you know, I'm fucking insane. I talk to myself. And then I, I guess they call them remasters for video games for remakes. Like I just downloaded the Dead Space remake and I'm fucking loving it. They upgraded the graphics. There's new ways to go about moving around the ship. Like. Those those are really good examples of like remakes, and then you get uh, remakes, and then you get the shitty ones that you wish you never laid eyes upon. And I I don't have any examples uh, up on cue, but you know we'll move on to what I think about sequels because yes, one of my hands. Action Cowboy Bebop. <laughs> you got a problem with Cowboy Bebop, my guy. 
You need to go to a therapist about that shit. Have them talk out your transgressions. But for sequels, like, I don't mind a sequel, but sometimes sequels just run the entire thing. Like, hands down, favorite movie uh, just to sit down and watch and just, you know, let it play in the background. I've watched this movie, like, probably a thousand times. It's Starship Troopers. Starship Troopers is hands down one of my favorite movies. And then you get Starship Troopers 2. And then you get Starship Troopers 3. And then you get all of the animated videos. And it's just like, why? Why? Just sit down and reboot it. Fuck trying to sequel it because you fucking suck at it. And then, you know, speaking of sequels, uh, what's that, um, what's that one fucking game? Uh, then you get sequels like Call of Duty, where, you know, it's Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 and 3 and Madden whatever a fucking number is. Oh, it's God, just like, let's get started on Madden. <laughs> it's just like, sequels can be good, and then you have people that are just trying to maintain the status quo. Looking at you, GTA. So, yeah, the, it's like sequels. If it can be great, like there are tons of good sequels out there. Don't don't ask me now because my mind's fucking blank. But uh, I, I think they're really good in that aspect of like video game sequels are better than movie sequels, hands down. No argument. You can shut the fuck up. But um, if we go back to reboots. I like the what's his fucking name? The tall, skinny guy that plays the Amazing Spider-Man. Andrew, Andrew Garfield. Yeah, I enjoyed his Spider-Man because he played more towards the comics than, uh, uh, what's the fucking original Spider-Man's name? Tony McGuire. <coughs> Andrew Garfield name. <coughs> <coughs> and then you know, he made I love. Last movie. <laughs> Toby Maguire is like hands down one of my favorite Spider-Mans but Andrew Garfield played Spider-Man more towards the character in the comics where he was you know real snippy made jokes the entire time okay, I give him that and, I give him that he respected and he had the, role. the fucking build my guy he respected the role I give him that <laughs> and then Tom Holland's just adorable I can't be mad at Tom Holland at all no, I mean I can't be mad at him. He's British. I mean, you know why I, I'd you rather be mad him being American. Holland? Let me tell you why, why you can be mad at Tom Holland. Because if you type in Tom Holland snitch on YouTube, you will get twenty and thirty minute compilations of that little bastard literally spoiling every movie he's in. Sometimes before me. they've even seen it, right before they're yeah. about to see it. I'm not even joking. That's what makes him. That's what, that's what makes him likable too. No, like, no, it doesn't. Yes, it does yeah. the opposite. Because it's like so innocent and in how he slips up on stuff. No, it's not innocent. <laughs> you Who like Tom Holland alone. I I think it's innocent. I think it's I think it's both endearing and horrifying. But yes, I think it was innocent at first. Now I think it's a quirk that he can't get rid of. Because <laughs> I give you. The first maybe 10 times spoiling a Marvel movie 
But now just spoiling every movie because you're super excited and you can't keep your mouth shut. That's that's a quirk. Bro, that's not bro, an accident. Bro, beef when he came out on stage, a group of kids got to see Endgame. No, not Endgame, Infinity War. Right? Him and Zendaya was there. He came out and says, Hey, sorry, I'm I'm still alive now. <laughs> you guys have seen the movie, right? Are you fucking serious? Yeah. yeah, he's still adorable in my book. I'd ruffle his hair. I'd ruffle your hair. I'll ruffle all of your hairs. Ah, let's move on. My head. All right, officer, your turn. <laughs> officer, your turn. Go. All right. Uh, well, I'm gonna start with you because know, we are very much dividing this through individual media. Because let's just. Yeah, you know, blunt about it, it really does depend on the media for, you know, between movies, video games, uh, even, you know, comic books and the like, which I, I don't think I'm going to get into comic books and this because that is too big of a can of worms and I don't want to mess with that shit. But let's start with movies. For movies, oh. Uh, when it comes to remakes, there are times when you get movies that are that are just remakes of previous movies. Like, say, uh, there was mention earlier of The Magnificent Seven. That is essentially a remake of uh, Kira Kurosawa's uh, The Seven Samurai. But given a, you know, different sort of coat of paint where instead of samurai, it's, you know, guys in the Wild West. But the individual story beats and overall story remains largely the same. And I think that's perfectly fine. So long as, you know, whoever makes the movies acknowledges, oh, yeah, so, uh, this is not, I, I'm not, you know, I, I took I, a bunch of inspiration and ideas from this source material. So long as they can, you know, they go openly say, hey, this is where I made this from, that's perfectly fine. And a sort of remake in that kind of thing is perfectly fine. Other times you get remakes of just a remake of this movie. Like, uh, I'm trying to think of one, um, where it's like shot for shot, this is a remake of it. Uh, I don't think I anyone's really... ever actually done that, but they probably should. Really? Hmm. Yes. There's always yeah, some maybe... directorial deviation that they just have to put in. True, true. Uh, well, then, and let's not worry about that. But sometimes you get an artist or yeah, a director who has an artistic uh, vision for this remake that they're making that is honestly uh, utter garbage. I think those kind of situations should probably be avoided. Now, uh... 
when it comes to reboots for movies, please, please no, no. So I, I I've seen some reboots of late uh, that were honestly not so good. One that meet uh, that comes to mind immediately was the remake of Robo or sorry the reboot of Robocop. That movie was really quite bad and i honestly don't think they should have made it please no just just no but uh when it comes to movie sequels that is very much a mixed bag sometimes you get your terminator 2 judgment days a sequel that is superior to the to the to the movie that came before it and is fucking awesome other times you get the likes of highlander to the quickening which is a steaming pile of garbage that should have never been made and honestly, looking at all the various things that have happened to the Highlander franchise, I think it probably would have been best if it had just, they just stopped making them after that god-awful sequel. To me, Highlander always felt like this is a series that should have never been a movie franchise because Highlander as a concept should print money. Highlander as a book is a license to print money. But if you just want to make movies, TV shows over and over and over again, nah, it's not going to work because eventually people are going to lose interest. And then you're commissioning mm -hmm. somebody to care about something that they don't. And at that point, why even bother? Just make a new franchise or a brand new movie with all that Highlander money. A movie mm -hmm. not about Highlander. Yeah. But back to the Terminator franchise. Sometimes you get movie franchises that should have ended at a high point, but they choose to keep going. And it just gets worse each new thing that comes out. And uh, I would say that that I would say that that definitely happened with regard to Terminator because Dark Fate, uh, the characters within the movie and their and you know, the way that they the actors portrayed their characters was fine, but God, that story, no. No! Why would you do that? Ugh. Oh god. It was bad. Uh, I, I, anyway, on to video games. Uh, there was mention earlier of the whole 
Dead Space. Dead Space, the, the Dead Space remake was honestly quite good. Be, mostly because they didn't try to really change uh, the story that they were presenting. They added to it and included gameplay or uh, gameplay improvements or um, in, uh, improvements to ways to maneuver around and even to the user interface that were in later games. That kind of thing, good. But if you're going to, say, do, I don't know, something like Final Fantasy VII Remake, uh, that shouldn't even be called a remake. They shouldn't have called it that. They only did it, they only did that just to you know, get people all hyped and like. Hey, Witch King, you back yet? Because we about to quit your ass. And with that being said, that brings this episode of Token Podcast to a close. I'd like to thank our newest member, Tetrine, and all of our rarely occurring members for joining us. I will see you guys when I see you guys. <laughs>